0: Hello and welcome to episode number 286 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be here. And ever since the Worthy Love podcast tour last month, I've noticed some new downloads. Of the podcast. So if you are new to the show, welcome. I'm super excited that you're here. And I recommend that, you know, there's hundreds of episodes on the podcast. So don't feel like you have to start from episode one and then, you know, go from there. I mean, you certainly can, but that might be quite a commitment. What I recommend you do instead is either just scroll through some of the episodes that are already there on your podcast player and just listen to some of the podcasts with titles that resonate. Or you can also go to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you scroll to the bottom of that page, there's a search bar. And there I recommend typing in some keywords or topics that you want to learn more about. And then once you click enter on the search bar, then it'll just kind of curate your own little personalized playlist. I've also got some episodes highlighted on that page that you can start with that I think are just really good, just places to start where I talk about some of the core beliefs and foundations that I really go on in my work on the show and what I and what I teach and what I share. So anyways, that's veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And again, whether you are new or old to the show, I am so glad you're here. Thank you so much for being here. If we have not connected over on Instagram, I love connecting over there. And seriously, send me a DM. I always respond. I really love to hear about what's going on for you and your life and your love life. If you have topic ideas, if you have a question for me, I can send you to some resources that might be super helpful for you. So again, I'm Veronica E. Grant. I will put that link in the show notes as well, or just hop on over to Instagram, type in Veronica E. Grant, and I should come right up and send me a DM. Don't be shy. I will always write back or I'll send you an audio message back. Either one. All right. So today on the show, I want to talk about something that I think is a pretty sensitive topic. So I'm going to talk about it with great care. Um, But I want to talk about dating with the desire of also wanting to start a family without putting too much pressure on either yourself or your potential future partner to make something happen when maybe it's just not the right fit. I think that when you put a lot of pressure on yourself or a potential relationship because of the strong desire to have a family, I think it can actually make dating a lot trickier. And I think ultimately you end up wasting a lot more time. I think the thinking is like, okay, if I just make sure I don't mess up, and if I, you know, go on this date and I have to make sure it's the right person, I have this checklist and da da da. da and we kind of have like this kind of mentality that we use in our careers and other parts of our life where everything feels very logical and like step by step oriented. We tend to apply that, and I'm, you know, from here also speaking from experience, I've tended to apply that to my love life, and ultimately what happens is, you know, you're just not really emotionally available for the relationship of what you really want when you're dating from that place because of this outside pressure of really wanting to start a family. So remember, I talk a lot about on the show the unknown ways that you can be emotionally unavailable. I think there's some stereotypes and some blaming going on where being emotionally unavailable is limited to straight men who can't commit or are aloof or don't want to talk about their emotions, but that's just not really true, right? I believe that when you're actually trying to control to get to this outcome, going through that process from that place of control, you're actually not really emotionally available for the relationship that you want. So if this is kind of thinking, huh, am I really being emotionally available? Or am I dating from this place of control or simply only the head? Then I really recommend you take my emotional availability assessment just so you can assess your own availability and then do some work based on the guidelines that I set based on what your score ends up being. You can download it for free at veronicagrant.com forward slash assessment. That's a little bit straying off of what I wanna talk about today, although essentially I do find that, again, when there's a lot of that control, a lot of that like need to find a relationship so I can have a family kind of place, you're, you're really not emotionally available. And I, like I said, I do think you end up wasting more time. And so I do think it's worth your time to take a pause, pull back the reins a little bit, and do some introspection and possibly even some inner work around becoming more emotionally available. And I also hope that this episode will help you approach your dating life from a different way, especially if you really do have a strong desire to have kids and a family one day. So in today's episode, really my goal for you is that after you're done listening, you can approach your dating life with this desire to have kids from a totally new perspective and hopefully have a little bit more peace of mind. So if you're feeling a lot of stress or pressure and anxiety around this area, I really hope that some of that will ease. I also want to talk a little bit about some of the myths and truths that I've discovered uh, from my own experience of having a child. And finally, I'm going to wrap up this episode with sharing my own spiritual approach to fertility and having children. And I really think that this spiritual approach will really help you to just kind of relax some of the nerves and anxiety, you know, that you might have around time and age and wanting children, all that kind of good stuff. I also want to say that if you're listening to this episode and either you don't want children, aren't sure if you want children, or perhaps already have children and aren't wanting any more, you know, this episode may or may not be super helpful for you. Of course, you're always welcome to listen. I will be talking some things that are very specific to having kids, but I'm also going to talk more about, you know, releasing control and the spiritual approach that I'm going to talk about at the end of the episode. And I honestly think that that's applicable to a lot of areas of life, definitely not just child rearing. So, You're certainly welcome to stick around and then see what I'm talking about and how you might apply it to other parts of your life as well, especially parts of our life that we like to control. So maybe things like career could be super, super helpful. Final thing I'll say before I dive in is that, again, the goal of this episode is to help you release some of the fears and anxieties you have around having children and a family and dating. But if you know that this topic is just far too sensitive for you and just super triggering, Please, please take care of yourself. Please do not feel like you need to listen to this episode. So, if you need to tune this out, uh, I won't be offended and I completely understand. All right. So, let's start with the fear and the pressure and the anxiety you might feel around wanting a child and not being with someone that you might have that child with. First, I think it's super easy to. When you're in that space to date from a place of fear, and that fear is likely telling you something along the lines of "you can't waste time, don't mess it up, you can't, you know, date this person," and then two years later realize it's not the right person for you because then you're gonna be really screwed. I totally understand because this is in my head for a long time. So objectively, you can probably imagine that when you date from this place, your head may be in the so-called game but your heart really isn't. You're dating from your head, which means largely approaching a relationship by going through some sort of checklist to see if they, quote unquote, check all the boxes. You also might be in a place where you don't really wanna be in that unknown early on. When I was dating, I really wanted to know right away if someone could possibly see a possible future with me. And I purposely say possible twice, because I kept telling them or myself, I'm not asking you for a commitment, I'm not asking for you to marry me, I just want to know if you possibly see something possibly with me. And the truth is, is that's like, whoa, I don't know, I'm just trying to get to know you, right? And and I think that that can just be a lot of energy, a lot of pressure, that again, you might be unknowingly be putting on yourself or even the other person or the relationship. And then from there, there's just so much pressure on it. It's like, just like imagine it's just like, I don't know, putting like a brick on a pillow. Like it can't, like it can't, like it just sinks. Like there's no room for there to be air for you or the relationship or your partner to, to breathe. And I know it can feel like time is of the essence and that you can't take your foot off the gas. But the truth is, is that when you date from that place, I said this before, I'll say it again. I believe you're way more likely to waste time. And here's why. Number one, you can only connect with someone through the emotional part of you. You might have fun banter over something like more logical or maybe something with current events, but you won't be able to connect in a way you probably want to with a romantic partner when you're dating more from that place of like, all right, let's get down to business kind of thing. And number two, the emotional part of you is where your intuition lies. So let's start with the first piece. If you're dating from your head, that looks like checking off a bunch of boxes to see if someone fits the bill. In that place, you're not really connected with yourself. And when you're not really connected with yourself, it'll be very difficult, if not impossible, to connect with the person sitting across the table from you. And that can lead to a bunch of situations where you go out with a lot of people, but they all just feel like that friendly vibe and you never get that spark. Now, I'm sure not all of those people are the right people for you. But you're not even giving yourself really a chance or the other person a chance to truly connect to see if there is that emotional connection there. And so you just end up going on a bunch of one day wonders or trying to force something where you don't really feel it. Or you try to convince yourself you like them because they look great on paper. And it's just not a really fun or a good situation to be in. You know, there's a really good chance you could just try to make that relationship work for months, if not years, and then one day wake up and you're just like, oh my God, I don't want to be with this person anymore. And the second reason why you're more likely to waste more time when you date from a place of your head is that your intuition lies in your emotional body. So if you're cut off from that, because you're so set on, I need to find someone, I need to find someone, I need to find someone, then it's going to be very, very, very hard for you to listen to your intuition about different things that might be coming up like a red flag, or whether or not someone is the right fit for you, or other decisions you might need to make in that particular relationship. Now, don't get me wrong, you're Intuition is always there. I like to think of it as like, let's say you're doing laundry and you dump a pile of clean laundry that you need to fold onto your bed. And then you're like, oh my gosh, where's my phone? Like it's ringing, but you can't tell where it's coming from. And the sound is kind of dampened your intuition is kind of the same thing. When you're dating from a place of logic, you've got all this logic and reasoning and it's like your intuition's there, it's going off. You just may not be able to hear it because you're not really in tune. And we have to peel back all of these layers slash fold the laundry until you can hear your phone slash intuition. So that's how I like to think about it. So when you're in that place, it's very common to miss things and you keep going after people or relationships when the truth is that they're just really not the right fit. Or again, you ignore red flags or you accept crappy behavior Um, When your intuition might be like, hello, hello, abort, abort. And you're like completely blind to that because again, you're so focused on wanting to have this baby. And as you can imagine, at some point you will wake up, you will hear the red flags or the sirens or the intuition, whatever you want to call it. And you'll want to get out of the relationship. And by then, obviously a lot of time will have passed, but then there's also the emotional investment and it'll take time to kind of recoup emotionally, energetically from the relationship where you might be wasting even more time. So dating and deeply wanting a family requires a balance of going after what you want, but also being completely unattached. And I know that sounds completely absurd and almost kind of like I'm asking you to do opposite things at the same time. So here's how I like to describe it. Think of it as holding your desire to have a family in the palm of your hands. So cup your hands together like you're holding, you know, a delicate butterfly You can hold your desire for a child and a family in the palm of your hands and notice what that energy feels like. You can still want it. You can still see it. It's still there. You're not trying to make it go away or pretend like it's not something that you want. Now, grip your hands really tightly and cleanse your teeth and really hold on, like desperately hold on to this desire. Can you feel the difference of the energy? So I think that the cupping of your hands, you know, holding that delicate butterfly, ideally... That's the energy that you want to be in when you are dating and also having this desire to want a family. So let me give you a tangible example of what this looks like. And this example is totally outside of the dating space. So hopefully it makes sense. So since you're listening to the show, you know that I have a business where I help women shift their patterns so they can attract a healthy relationship. It's a business, which means I make money and it supports my family and it supports me, which also means at the end of the day, I do care about the bottom line. And if the numbers aren't adding up and I'm not able to make the money I need to make to pay my bills, then I've got to figure something else out. I either need to get a job or change things around or do something, right? So I do care about that outcome. It's super important to me. And yet at the same time, when I get on the phone with a potential client. I am completely unattached as to whether or not that individual client signs on. Of course, I would love to work with the client if she seems like we would be a great fit together and I feel confident that I can support her and help her with what her goals are. But I trust that if we're meant to be and we're meant to work together, it'll happen. Uh, What is for me cannot pass me. So imagine if you were a potential client and you got on the phone with me and I was super attached to you signing on, like no matter what, at all costs, it would probably feel icky and gross, first of all. But I just wouldn't be able to be myself. And I wouldn't be able to be really present with you because I would have this like outcome. And that's where my head would be. And I would just be like, I would just be like, Oh, my God, oh, my God, you know what I mean? So it just wouldn't be a great energy. So not only would it be a really crappy experience for you, most likely, but also it probably will affect my bottom line and probably will create a situation where yeah, I got to probably figure out something else to do. So I like to think of this when you are on a date as well. And when you're dating, yes, have the desire, do the work, do the actions that you need to take to meet someone to have a family one day. But every time you go on a new date with someone, or even it's a second or third date with somebody, hold it in the palm of your hand. You're just seeing, you're just exploring, you're getting curious. You're seeing what the other person's like. Do you mesh? Do your values align? Um, Do you have some similar interests? Can this person fit into your life? And can this person fit into your life? And can you fit into their life? It's just simply about getting curious. And when you're curious, you're present. And then that's when all of like the good stuff that I'm talking about can happen. I know what I'm asking you to do here is not easy. I know, I know from experience. And there will probably be moments when what I'm suggesting to you does feel very doable. Everything feels easy and in flow. And there will be other times when it feels so difficult. You just feel like you've just gone on That many dates that hadn't gone anywhere, or you're just, you know, getting rejected from someone over and over again, or whatever it is, and it'll just feel like what I'm asking you to do feels impossible to release the control. And that's okay. You're human and you can't expect perfection. I would also say that if you're in a season where you are feeling lots of control and you can't get to that place of holding your desire in the palm of your hands and you just like are gripping and controlling and everything. I know the initial desire may be to double down on dating, more dates, more swipes, more people, all that kind of stuff. But I think that in fact, the better thing to do is to actually step away from dating and focus on another area of life that fills you up. So this does not mean taking a break and numbing out on Netflix or food or whatever, but it just means turning your focus to another important area of your life that you want to grow. Now it could mean your career, but you're probably already pretty good at that, anyways. And I think a lot of times we hide behind our career, anyways, because we're good at it. And so we just keep focusing on that while putting our personal life on the back burner. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. Right, right, I'll do Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That area of your life? But I'd recommend something around building community, deepening friendships or finding more friends, different friends, your learning and your growth and your spiritual body, like focusing on those areas of your life will likely fill your cup and kind of give you like the judge the you need to get back into dating from a place of non attachment and holding your desire for a family in the palm of your hand. And this will likely be a cycle and a practice you have to work on over and over and over again. You might get to a place where you can just be in flow, holding the desire palm in your hand, and then you'll feel that gripping energy and you can get back to flow. And then, you know, this will cycle. Non-attachment is not something you just turn on and get, and then boom, you're good to go forever and always. It really is a practice. It's a way of living. It's a way of relating to yourself and the world. And in my opinion, it's a lifelong practice. So sometimes, again, it'll feel easy and sometimes it'll feel hard, but you just stay on the path because I do believe that it is so, so worth it, especially if you're anything like me and you do want to control all of the things and can experience some anxiety in the process. I also think that this practice is super applicable to other parts of your life, like career, business. I mean, I just gave my own example with business, money, health, friendships, all of that kind of stuff. I want to take a quick pause here to remind you that if you haven't already, you've got to block out an hour on your calendar and check out my workshop, the five-step strategy to banish anxiety and overwhelm in your love life. So you can attract a fulfilling partnership and live a life of purpose. It's completely free. And in the workshop, I break down exactly why you're in the dating pattern you're in, how to take the confidence you feel in the rest of your life and apply it to your dating life and so much more. If you like my style, philosophy, and how I coach women on the show, this workshop will help you get started in your own deep work. And for those of you who want to understand the why behind what I do on the show, I even dig a bit into the science of love so you can start to see real change in your own love life. It's really all my best work in one place, and you can access it right now. I strongly believe you don't have to spend years in therapy or read every dating self-help book to dramatically transform your love life grab your seat over at veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop. And now back to the show. Okay, so I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about some of the, I don't know if like myths and truths is like the right word, but just some of the things that you might hear out in the fertility reproduction space that I think can sometimes drive a lot of our fears and anxiety. So when I was trying to have a baby, um, I guess at this point, about a year and a half ago, it seems like the Western doctors were all like, "Ah, after 35, things are dire for you, you'll never have kids. I mean, I just kept hearing that message over and over again. But then like the more alternative healers, like the acupuncture folks, or I don't know, thats was my alternative um, source for fertility. But I'm sure there's others. They were more of like, oh, that's all fear. You've got loads of time. And I found that I had to tune out all of that noise. Because for me, it just drove all of my anxiety. And I felt like both sides weren't exactly not that they weren't truthful, but I felt like the medical, like the more Western medicalized folks were super medicalized and also fear-based while some of the alternative folks acted like science was, you know, an opinion. (laughs) And the truth is, I think in most cases in life, I think I've always been this kind of person. I do kind of feel like the truth tends to somewhere be in the middle, not all the time for sure. I won't go into (laughs) those things, but I do find that, you know, it is true that fertility does seem to decline around the age of 35 for women. And it's not like you turn 35 and then boom, your eggs all retire and your ovaries just shut down and then boom, you're, you're done. So I do recommend that if you are consuming anything around fertility, reproduction, to consume as little as possible. Even when I was actively trying to conceive with my husband, I really couldn't listen to very many podcasts about fertility or about reproduction or really anything because it just made me so anxious because a lot of it is about how to get pregnant, which means like assuming that you can't get pregnant or having trouble getting pregnant. And then I'm like, oh my God, one of those people having trouble getting pregnant, you know? And so it just drove a lot of fear. And I understand you may not be trying to conceive with a partner right now, but if you are considering freezing your eggs or having your fertility tested, you might be finding yourself immersed in some of this information. And I really recommend just focusing on one provider that you feel like is common sense and you really resonate with and and you trust, obviously, and just working with that provider to help you make decisions that aren't fear-based and really are just more informed on where you are in your own health and um, what your goals are and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you do want to listen to a podcast or read a book, I would really just maybe find one expert that you really resonate with or someone who you trust recommended just so you're not reading like bunches and bunches of different books or listening to bunches of podcasts. Cause I think that can just be incredibly overwhelming and really add to the fear and anxiety that I was talking so much about in the first part of this episode. Okay. So the last thing that I want to talk about in today's episode that I really think will help ease your mind around balancing dating with the desire of wanting to start a family. And we're going to get a little woo here is my belief that the soul of your children, they already exist. This is probably the thing that helped me the most while I was dating while I was deciding whether or not I even wanted kids, and also while I was actually trying to conceive. So I grew up always wanting kids, but I think that was more of a place from, well, that's what girls do. They grow up and become moms. And then once I became an adult and I realized, oh, I have options, <laughs> I can have kids and I cannot have kids, I really actually had to think about it. And while I was still always mostly sure I wanted kids, I also saw a pretty wonderful life without kids. And I was really scared of, you know, um, a kid ruining my life or my business or never sleeping again, all of those kinds of things. And then I was slowly inching my way towards, yeah, I think I want kids. Yeah, I want kids. I want kids. But it it was more of like a matter of when, and one night, literally almost a year to the day that I ended up having Marshall, I had this dream. And in the dream, I heard a very distinct voice that said, Stop waiting. I remember I had been putting off having kids because I had all of this fear. I was still like 80% sure I wanted a kid, maybe 70% sure I wanted a kid, but I had all this fear around, Well, I'm not ready yet. I have to do this. I have to do that. Anyway, so I had this dream, and the voice said, Stop waiting. I woke up immediately and I was like, What the fuck? I'm not super into dream interpretation. My clients tell me their dreams all the time and ask me what I think. And honestly, I have no idea. I think it means what you want it to mean personally. But anyways, I don't really have clear messages from dreams ever. And in fact, as long as I can remember, this is the only dream I've ever had where the message was just so clear, like, like something or someone had come to me, like it really felt like that. Anyways, so I woke up from the dream, totally freaked out, and I ran into my little space where I do my meditations and my journaling, all that kind of stuff. And I drew two cards. One card I drew from my animal spirit deck, and it was the deer card. And in that deck, the deer represents the mother archetype. And then I drew a card from the 13 Moons Mystery School deck. And the card I drew was the catalyzed card. And the image for that is a lightning bolt. So that card kind of made me think of like getting things started, sex, orgasms, all of those things. And so between those two cards, I was just sitting there just thinking like, holy shit, holy shit, is this real? Oh my God, how did this happen? This is crazy. How do I explain this? And ultimately what I realized was that was my baby in the dream. I I was pretty sure I knew that like when the voice was talking to me, like I'm like, oh, this is my baby talking to me. And so I just realized in that moment, like, wow, okay, it's time. It's time for me to have a kid. And so, the entire time then after that, when we started trying to have a baby, I never knew the kind of anxiety that can come from trying to conceive. And so, you know, those days between my ovulation and my period would start, I would just sit and it would be so hard because I wouldn't know is my period going to start? Did I conceive? Did the sperm find the egg? All of that kind of stuff. And so, all I could do in that moment was just to connect with the soul of my baby because that soul knew when it would be time. That soul knew when it would be time to come earthside. All I could do in that moment was just take the actions I could and then just trust, trust, trust. And when I connect with my baby now, I wholeheartedly believe it is the same soul. And this is why I want to tell you this, whatever children you are meant to have in this lifetime, I personally very deeply believe that the souls of those children already exist. How will they come to you in physical form? I have no idea. Maybe it's through biological children. Maybe it's IUI or adoption or nieces and nephews or friends' children or students that have this soul connection with you. I'm not saying you have to believe this if this feels a little too out there for you and it doesn't resonate, but I also ask, well, what else are you going to do? Because even if you are coupled up and you're 25 and trying to get pregnant, there is still so much releasing of control you have to do because ultimately you do not have control. If that sperm meets the egg, if the egg implants, if the egg continues, I mean, there's so many things that, that have to happen. So we just have to trust our bodies, trust the souls of our children, and just trust, 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 trust. So when I personally feel into my children's soul, I do feel like I have two more ducklings out there. Uh, But my body and my husband are like, nah, we got one more, one more pregnancy. So who knows? Maybe my next pregnancy will be twins. Maybe I'll come to adopt a third baby. I'm actually very open and interested in doing that. Maybe another child will come into my life, whether it's just a child that's very special um, or maybe... I'm completely wrong and there's only one more child and I'm getting confused because that one more soul is supposed to be a Gemini. (laughs) I mean, who knows, right? Who knows? It doesn't matter. My point is, is that I really do believe in adopting some sort of spiritual practice to this piece of your life. Because again, even if everything, all your ducks were in a row in your life in physical, tangible form, that in no way is any kind of guarantee of anything happening. And so if nothing else, I really do think the mantra, what is for me, cannot pass me can help you do that. So if it helps you to say the mantra, great, use it. What is for me, cannot pass me. If you really resonate with the soul of your children or your child already being here and just connecting with that soul and allowing that connection just to offer you some groundedness and some peace and some trust that it will happen in due time, I say, go for it. It is so nice. And then one day when you are trying to conceive either on your own or with a partner, I would really lean into that connection with the soul of your child because it will help. It will help a lot. I also want to say that there are other ways to have children than with a man. And I'm not saying that you should do these things or that you have to do these things or that if you don't want to do these things, it means you aren't really committed enough to having children. I'm just saying that there are options. In fact, I had a client last year who decided to have a child on her own, it was a beautiful thing. I also had someone on the podcast last year who had two children. She's very open about her story. One was uh, her egg and a donor sperm. And then her second child was donor egg and donor sperm. I'll link her episode up in the show notes. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend. If you did listen to it last year when it came out, I recommend re-listening. because um, it could just, you know, give you some ideas and just help you to feel, you know, just a little bit more, I don't want to say hopeful, but maybe inspired, you know, for some options you might have in in your life. She's also, I think she says in the show, she's very open to talking with anyone about this. So feel free after you listen to to reach out to her. I also want to acknowledge that there is immense privilege in being able to do that. Usually, there is a lot of money involved, not to mention the care um, of a child that comes after, and then also the expenses that go with that. So, it's certainly not for everyone or even possible for everyone. I'm just sharing this to drive home the point that our children can come to us in many ways in the physical form and ways that are outside of the patriarchal norm. And the last thing I'll say is. In that episode, I ask like all of the questions that we just kind of wonder, like, how much does this all cost? How did you do it? What's the process? What's the emotional piece like? What did other people say? How did you deal with that? So those are the kinds of questions that I asked her because I'm just trying to imagine if I if I had chosen that path for myself, those are the kind of questions I have or I would have. And so I was trying to ask these questions with you all in, in mind. So definitely listen to the episode if you are interested in potentially um, going down that road one day. All right, my dear, I hope this episode helps. I hope it inspires. I hope it eases some of the fear and anxiety you might have. If you know of someone who feels a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety in this area of her life of balancing dating with wanting to start a family, please share this episode. I really do think it'll help. And I would also just be so grateful for you sharing my work and just helping to get it out into the world more. And again, if you want to work on releasing control and showing up more emotionally available for potential partners, I do recommend downloading my assessment, veronicagrant.com forward slash assessment. We will have that link in the show notes. And that is it. That is all I've got for you this week. I'll be back in your earbuds next week where I am coaching someone all about Overcorrecting the patterns that they had in their love life and how to get to that equilibrium. It's going to be a really good episode, and I can't wait for you to listen. One more thing. You may be wondering, but Veronica, how do I start doing the deep work? I'm ready to make a shift. If that's you, I recommend you start with my totally free workshop, Five Steps to Ending Overwhelm and Anxiety in Dating. The good news is that you don't have to do all the things to find love. This workshop will walk you through the five big shifts that'll give you the biggest bang for your buck. You'll learn a step-by-step game plan to finally get unstuck and unblocked in love and end the cycle of dead-end relationships. You'll learn the number one reason most highly successful, motivated, and ambitious women struggle in love and what you can do to make sure it doesn't happen to you. You'll learn how to figure out the real reason you're attracting partners who aren't emotionally available or toxic, or just simply not on your intellectual or emotional level. And you'll also learn the single most effective way to tap into the inner confidence you feel in your career and elsewhere in your life so that it'll carry over into your love life. And of course, a lot more. If you're ready to shift things in your life, I seriously can't wait for you to get your hands on this. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop to sign up. Thank you so much for listening to the love life connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find the show notes to this episode and all previous episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review the show. It really helps. I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the love life connection podcast. And until then sending you lots of love.